All right, hello guys. Welcome back to Mike's Mike podcast where we talk about swimming, student athlete life, traveling, everything in between. So today's episode, I have some of my teammates back on. We have Hannah Schrock. She was on an episode before, and we have my current roommate for the second year in a row, Stephen Gross. He's also one of the swimmers on the team. So guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's very exciting having you here. So for this week's episode, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's like serious, but we're not going to be like, it's not gonna be like haha funny. Like Hannah, you might crack some dad jokes, but that that'll be about it. That's <laughs> that. But so we're pretty much talking for this week about coronavirus, COVID, whatever you want to talk about, whatever you want to call it, and the effects it's going to have, at least for us this school year, and then our swim season, at least in Maryville. I can't justify for any other schools, therefore I'm not gonna really talk about it. But let's just go ahead and get right into it. So this school year, so what we know so far, we have to wear a mask. Uh, school starts Monday, the 24th of August, which hoping for all the athletes sakes, we get in like a week, a week and a half early, like the last couple of years. That way it's less bulk of trying to get everyone moved in at the same time, but we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, that's kind of really it that we know so far besides we have to wear a mask and then, oh, so classes, you know, class once, once a week. So if you have a class on Tuesday, Thursday, you only go one of those days, the other days online. That's all we know so far. So Shrago, hand the mic to you now. You're the nursing major. What do you think about this whole thing? Give it as it is. Yeah, I think it's a it's a pretty good idea. I think the interesting part is that we are um, once we leave campus for Thanksgiving break, we're not going to be coming coming back. So then the rest will be virtual. So I think it'll be really interesting. Uh, <clears throat> to have this hybrid of classes where some of it's online and some of it's in person. But I think uh, the really nice thing that Maryville is doing with all of this is that they're making all of the lectures available online. So um, I think they wanted to stress that if students do feel sick, they don't want to, they don't want the students to compromise their learning by staying home or to compromise, like there's gonna be no repercussions if you have to stay home to an illness or anything. So I think that'll be really good. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to getting in the hospital and working on my clinicals. And so that was something that I missed out on second semester of uh, 2019, 2020 school year. So I'm very excited to be back uh, in the hospital setting. working with patients and getting more hands-on learning because that's definitely something that I missed out on uh, due to classes being online. So I really hope that uh, by not coming back after Thanksgiving break, uh, we're able to get ahead of that second wave. Everybody will stay stay healthy and then we're able to continue all of our hands-on learning that we've been working on. Yes, very true. And Stephen, I'm going to ask you the same thing, but I'm going to add, since you are from St. Louis, like you've lived there your whole life pretty much. So what? how is the coronavirus situation in St. Louis right now since obviously I'm back in Kansas City and Shrog just got back into St. Louis after being in Colorado for the past month. So, Stephen? St. Louis has been pretty good so far. We're starting to reopen a few things. I mean, yeah, couple. Last week, my gym was able to reopen, so that was a good sign. I can get back into the lane pool and start my morning practices. I've been practicing in my backyard, my back pool a lot, but since it's like half the length of a regular lane line, I I can now go back to my gym and start swimming there. But yeah, 
everything is starting to look at least maybe a bit normal, not like completely normal. Everything is going slow. Everyone's being cautious. So St. Louis is looking pretty good. And yeah, I think, and yeah, we are, oh, things have, I'm sorry, I lost thoughts. It's all good. So yeah, St. Louis is looking pretty well. We're taking things slow. We're not rushing any, into anything. You do have to wear a mask everywhere you go. When you're out of the car, meet, put it on. We don't want to endanger the wrist since we've been have, since we've been having a lot of situations from the past. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I know in Kansas City we have to wear masks now every time we go in public places. So like when I go, because we my club team right now trains at like an athletic center. So like we have to wear masks when we like go in and check in, and then like when we're changing and stuff like that. But we don't have to wear obviously when we're swimming, and then when we're lifting we don't have to wear it either. But other than that. You have to wear a mask everywhere publicly. So I think it's a smart thing just because cases have been going up lately, just because, I mean, it's going to, you expect it to happen, especially when we were pretty much all locked in for like a month, month and a half. And then they kind of just like starting to let things go. Not like go as in like bad, but like you, at one point you have to start reopening things because you don't want the economy to just go completely like down the drain too. So, but I do agree. Yes. Mask very important. I'll let Hannah talk more about the mask because with school, obviously, People have their own opinions, whether they do or do not want to wear a mask and their reasons why, whichever it happens to be. But, Hannah, I'll let you take the floor again about masks just because you probably have more knowledge than Stephen and I do since we're both like part of the business school and you're part of the nursing program. So that's medical. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, I, I definitely learned a lot spending the last month in Colorado because I worked camp there where. Uh, the whole staff, we were quarantined with each other, um, but we still had to wear masks all the time. We still had to take temperatures. And uh, there were lots of times where I was wearing a mask and talking with some of my fellow staff friends. And I was just like, why is this necessary? Like, I, like it's been two weeks already. Why can't we just take off the mask? But I think it's so important to remember that when you're wearing a mask, it's to protect everybody else around you um, because you you may be infected with the COVID-19 and not know it and it by not wearing a mask you are spreading that to other people potentially and so um, it's very important to remember that wearing a mask is a very selfless thing that each of us need to partake in and we need to to continue to follow as tedious as it is um, there will be times where you're kind of like, you know, okay, I I can go and give this person a hug and then step back away for a second and it'll be fine. You probably won't be spreading germs, but it's definitely that consistent exposure that's going to continue passing COVID along and it's going to keep us in quarantine for a lot longer. And um, something that I admire is a lot of countries in Europe have had set a lot fewer cases than the U.S. has, and so I think we can follow um, their lead and see that quarantining masks, if that's what our officials are telling us to do, we need to continue to follow that because um, one minor inconvenience of wearing a mask out in public can uh, exponentially help everything that's happening in this whole quarantine situation so that we can 
finally be able to beat this thing at least and get over the hump and be able to see people again um, without the masks. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely a point now where just kind of wearing the mask over, everyone has to wear them. So, like, it's kind of, it would be nice once, I don't want to say, not the trough, but the uh, the peak of it goes starts going down again. So that way things can start getting, like, more normal. Obviously, there's going to be a whole new normal because until a vaccine comes out, they can't go back to our normal normal. So it's going to be a new normal and hope we get to that point sooner rather than later. And for sure. And I think um, a popular opinion that people like to say when talking about having to wear a mask is that, oh, I feel like they can't force me to do anything. They can't make me to do anything. Well, it's it's not a matter of making you do something. It's uh, a matter of asking you to please respect the other citizens around you and respect everybody else enough to have a cloth covering over your face for a little bit so that you are not um, aiding the spread of coronavirus because I feel like this has gone long enough. I'm sick of quarantine. I'm sure everybody else is sick of quarantine. I'm sick of wearing a mask. But the fact that the camp that I worked at, we all were in very close quarters with each other and took a lot of precautions and we have not, and I do not think we will see any cases of COVID among the staff. Um, I think that just goes to show that what science is telling us works and that we just need to follow what the people in charge are telling us to do. Yeah, that's exactly. And my theory, I don't want, I don't want to call it a theory, but like my rationale behind like why Americans are the ones seemingly want to not wear the mask the most. Obviously, people are wearing them, so it's not that, but like as a general consensus, mm-hmm. like America as a society, as I've learned in some of my like international business classes, is a very individualistic country. So it's all about like me, 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 where a lot of these countries like Europe and a lot of Southeast Asia, like Japan, Korea are very, uh, why am I blinging what the word is in English, but like collectivists, they're collectivist society. So it's all about we, 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 instead of me, me, me. So I think with America, cause it's very individual, like individualistic that, because of that, they're only thinking about themselves rather than thinking about the community as a whole. So I think that might be part of the reason why a good amount of Americans are, are like mad that you have to wear a mask and they think it's like infringing on their rights and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's at least my take on it. But so kind of going to the whole, it'll be interesting to see what Maryville does school year two, because obviously fall sports, a lot of places are now making it either conference only especially in the big division ones, such as the big 10 ACC and all those other conferences, especially for swimming too, even, but just to see what they end up doing. Cause obviously most teams are going to be on like a travel restrictions. So like if they're going to travel, they can only travel the teams in the conference and it's not going completely all over the place, even like swimming, soccer, basketball, you name it. That's going to be pretty much like that the whole time. So it'll be interesting to see what Maryville's fall programs do, whether they have their full season cut in half or whatever happens. So that'll be very interesting to see as well. And then what's going to be interesting too, especially with classes, because in the news this past week, ICE has come out saying that for international students, if your classes are online only, i.e. you don't have any physical classes, you either have to transfer to a new school or you get deported. So honestly, that's a bad, bad look on ICE. On their part, especially when there's only like, honestly, like four or five weeks left until school starts. So, and actually for a lot of these schools, it's like, yeah, three, four weeks now. So 
that's kind of, I think it's kind of a bad take. What do you guys have to say about ICE and what they're doing with all these students now, what they're doing to them? Guys? Sorry, can you repeat that? Yeah, yeah. So I just so if you kind of hear, so what do you think about the whole? I was just talking about the whole ice thing with the international students. I wanted to see what you guys, both you and Stephen, had to say about it. Yeah, I definitely think it's a big concern, um, especially for athletics, but also for academics and the school culture that we have. I feel like, um, and I'm speaking from a Maryville perspective, but we have quite a few students who. Um, come internationally and come to the States and come to St. Louis for different opportunities. And um, from an American perspective, that's a lot of my friends that I want to get to see. And I like exchanging those conversations and learning about other cultures that are different than my own with those students. And so if that is the case, you know, it's, it's, First of all, it's those students aren't getting that opportunity to come to school and have those same experiences. Um, I, I have several friends who have internships, who have jobs here that they, they do um, as part of their learning, and they won't be able to get that kind of experience if they are not able to come to the States or able to stay in the States. Um, I also have other friends who have signed leases for apartments for this upcoming school year. And if they get deported from the states, then that's something else that they have to figure out. And I would hope that they would be granted amnesty. But I don't think that that um, based on how ICE is reacting to all of this and how they're talking about that they're, they might need to stay in their own country or perhaps have to leave the states, um, it would be hard somebody sneeze bless you <laughs> um it would be hard to uh be able to grant that in certain circumstances and so i i just definitely think it's a big concern that we all need to be thinking about our friends who are uh international who might not be able to come to school experience the school culture again for this year and um yeah, I just really hope that we can continue taking precautions so that that is not something that will actually have to happen. Or um, if more schools are doing hybrid, just like Maryville is, where they're doing one class per week in person and then another class per week uh, online, I think that would be a great opportunity for a lot of schools to implement so that their international students are able to continue attending in-person classes and uh, continue studying here in America. I would have to agree with Hannah with what she said. This new rule, it's kind of a, it's actually a little unfair because I have a few friends that are not from this con country as well. And what Mar Maryville's education, this is something that all people can use. They can have their own education. They can have their own American dream. And like you said, Hannah, some people are doing internships. They're starting a new job. They're getting used to the working life. And, and yeah, I just feel like that there could be better ways we can solve this situation. And since Maryville is doing like these half lecture and half virtual classes, I mean, this is a good opportunity because half, half the half of the week you can go in person with your class and learn face to face. 
And then for the other day, you can just learn on computer, taking listening and even recording if you like. So yeah, I feel like we can make a few changes so no one can have a problem. Yeah, definitely for sure. And I'm kind of fortunate that Mirabel is doing the hybrid thing because that way our international students don't have to leave. Obviously, they implemented this before the whole ICE thing came out, but at least that allows for our international students to stay in St. Louis, on campus, off campus, wherever they happen to be living, happen to do whatever internship or job they have. So I think it's a good thing that Mirabel is doing that because if they start switching online, which is going to segue into our next part, our Swedish teammate, Carl, I don't think he'd have problems, but just in case he does, obviously we want him to be here because as a senior and a captain, he's very important for our team, which leads our next thing, our swim season. Hopefully COVID does not take it away. So especially since I just had my goal meeting with uh, Coach Bill, if I haven't said it before, I'll say it again. I will run through a brick wall for that man. So, <laughs> But, yeah, so swim season, very important, obviously. So what he told me at least is that he's finalizing the schedule. I like what the schedule is looking like so far. Obviously, it's dependent on stuff with COVID, too, about whether or not we go to the bigger meets or not. I mean, you guys have already seen the group meet, but I'm not going to disclose certain schools or dates yet just because it's not official yet. But what do you guys think about schedule? What do you think your outlook is? Obviously, you might not have had your goal meeting with Bill yet, but if you have, haven't, like, what's your two take on that as well? Yeah, I haven't had the chance to have my goal meeting with him yet uh, just since I've been out of town, but... From what I've seen in the group chat, um, it really sounds like he's working hard to get us as many meets as possible. And what that'll look like, you know, none of us have any idea. Will it be we have a meet that is being broadcasted live that no spectators are able to? I don't know. Um, Will they limit the number of spectators and then assign seats to them? That could be a possibility, I think. Um, But then also I wonder what the likelihood of having a lot of intra-squad style meets with official times and going into um, the USA swimming system and then competing in that way. Um, and so I, I have a lot of questions about that myself, and I think all of us do. I think uh, Coach, Coach Nicholson does too, but I, I'm pretty optimistic that whatever happens or whatever we do, um, it's, it'll still be a good season. I'm pretty optimistic that our team will be able to rise above it, and especially because we didn't have a ton of meets last year, especially compared to uh, Mike, Stephen, and I's freshman year. We had a lot more meets, and we had a lot more travel meets, and so we already know what, what that looks like because of our, our schedule last year, and that turned out to be a great season still. Um, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about having a mid-season meet this year with better timing than it was last year. And I think um, Bill is really working hard to uh, get us a lot of exposure to different schools and different competition, different levels of competition. And I think that would really, really benefit us, um, you know, should we be able to actually go and compete at these meets and uh, COVID allowing but I think that would be very great for us. I agree. Our new coach, Bill, he's, he definitely knows like what where he wants to go, what he plans on doing for us, and I'm which got me really excited for this year. He did mention that we will that he's trying. Sorry, let me restart that. 
this one time, me and Bill actually had a meeting about what his plan was for this year. And yeah, he did say that we will have, we probably might have, so far there's like at least maybe two meets confirmed. And there are a couple others. They're not confirmed, but both coaches from our team and the other team are discussing it to see how they can make it work. And he also said that, he also told me like what ideas we could use to help our team bond and become stronger together. Oh, that's awesome. I think, I think this is a perfect opportunity for a lot of team building and a lot of um, growth in our team culture. I think this would be a perfect time, especially if, you know, okay, so we have two meets that are confirmed. Um, <clears throat> what are we going to do with that extra time? I think we can do stuff like intra-squad meets, and it comes down to every single practice, you know, cheering each other on whenever we're doing test sets or race sets. Um, and I think I think this is a great opportunity to build team culture, and I'm really glad, Stephen, that you and Bill were talking about that more because I think that is a huge component about swim teams that doesn't always get the recognition or it doesn't always get seen nearly as much as it does the times or the the winning record. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Yep. All right. So if you guys don't mind, I'll talk about my goal meeting a little bit because I think it'll answer some of your questions that you were kind of mentioning when you guys were talking about it. So yeah, pretty much. So obviously I told them like we were kind of like, getting on the same wavelength about what to swim and how it was possible. Cause I mean, I swam five events at conference last year, obviously everything in your goal meeting will be based on how to do what you want to do at conference. So by having a relay or time trialing that fifth event, I can do that. And we kind of really talked about like, it was what I really liked about it. It wasn't just like these like kind of like sort of like air quotes, like realistic times. It was kind of more like reach for the stars. If you think you can do it, you can go for it. Like hope for the best, but prepare for the worst kind of thing, which I really liked is that he really had it to be like, so my goal times essentially are like best case scenario, which I'm really excited about because I've never really had a coach since like high school. That's been like, honestly, just reach for the stars and see what happens. Cause like a lot can happen. Cause like my freshman year, even a conference, I dropped 10 seconds of my 200 back. If you told me at the beginning of the season, I could do that one meet. I told you, I'd tell you you're crazy, but we kind of talked about that briefly, which got me really excited. And then pretty much he, like Steven was talking about, he's a master planner. So he has a lot of things planned out already, especially with, like, obviously there's meets that haven't been confirmed yet, but he has plans for, like, especially with taper, like, depending on, like, how well you, or how much time you need to taper, then there might be a meet where you've already started your taper, or if you haven't started your taper yet, then it's kind of just working on some speed work, and, like, it's a very nice variation, and, like, he always wants to be prepared and has, like, things planned out, and obviously he's kind of talked about how, like, practices are going to be like different groups which once you have your goal meeting with them you'll learn that your next meeting you're going to have with them whether in person or online depending on what happens to be it'll pretty much be talking about like which groups you'll be in whether you're in sprint group or stroke group or stroke group one day or mid-distance kind of like stuff like that so you'll have variation without throughout the week which is going to be really nice especially for me with like swimming three different events at conference like three different strokes that like I'll have a lot of variation, which is going to be really nice compared to last year where a lot of things were like everyone was doing like the exact same thing every day. And it was kind of like cookie cutter sets. So it's to be nice to have some variation and have some new stuff implemented. So that way we can really go for what we need to. And 
going back to it, yeah, having that midseason meet is going to be really nice, especially since in years past when we had that midseason meet, it was, like, right at the end of Christmas break. So it's kind of nice to have it more towards, like, not necessarily that. I mean, obviously, if we're going to have a meet, if it's confirmed, then it's right when, like, Thanksgiving break happens. So it'll be right when, like, we're about to end, like, physical classes. But I think it'll end up being beneficial to have it that early. So then that way we have that extra – three, four weeks to get some really good training in before we have to like start going into the new year and then start like winding down the yards to taper. So that's at least how our goal meeting was pretty much my goal meeting was summed up with them. So I hope that answers some of your questions about in terms of like how practice will go and what to prepare for, for meets and stuff like that. So. Yeah, for sure. It definitely makes me excited about this season season, excited to get uh, back in the pool I actually just got back in the pool this morning. Um, I swam with a master's group. Joe and I both went and we swam this morning uh, outside at Crestview. So that was pretty fun. It was a little rough, not going to lie. I mean, I, I hadn't been in the pool since about March or so. And so it felt like my arms were full of lead and it was it was pretty hard. But it was very empowering and very exciting to get to training and get back on the grind, for sure. Definitely, yeah. Because I remember when I first started swimming again, and I'm fortunate enough to live in Kansas where everything started opening up May 19th. So I've been swimming now for, give or take, five, six weeks. So mm-hmm. it's really nice <clears throat> to really be back in the swimming things, especially with my club team when you do USRPT. So it really only takes, like, for as long as I was out, it takes three to four weeks to, like, fully get back into it so now I'm pretty much hitting times I was hitting during college season at least in my 25s and 50s and then hundreds I'm kind of there for pace but really the only thing I have to keep like working on to get really back into shape for is like 200 pace stuff but that's just going to take another like week or two as long as we do that so I'm kind of fortunate enough to be able to be swimming now for that long so I feel like that'll definitely give me an advantage once we kind of come back to school so absolutely for sure for sure that's awesome yeah and then what I'm curious to see, though, what happens, though, right? So we're a winter sport, and school technically ends physically November 20th. But our last meet, if you've looked at the schedules, like the middle of December, you know what date it is, but I can't disclose that yet. So I'll be curious to see if we end up having to – we could go home for Thanksgiving, but then we have to come back to school to train and then do classes, like, in our, like, apartment or dorm or wherever. For sure, yeah. I know that'll be very interesting, you know, if – campus is supposedly closing their doors to all students after Thanksgiving break. What will the athletes look like? What protocols will that be like? Um, How will, you know, the dining hall play into that? You know, if they're expecting students not to be on campus, how will they plan on feeding the, the students who do live on campus or who live in the dorms? So I think that'll be really interesting to hear more about that once uh, we get closer to the winter sports season. In my best opinion, we probably won't know about that till like September or October because it's hard to say right now because if we if we wait like for a couple of months, we'll see how our world goes, if it's getting better or worse, and we'll just see what answer we get. <clears throat> it's very true. But for my two tip cents, I'd probably say that given circumstances, as long as everything does not go, excuse my French, but goes to absolute shit, then... What will happen is we'll probably go home for Thanksgiving, but then that following Monday we'll have to come back to school and keep training because we'll still have competitions and stuff like that too. So that's at least my take on it. And then plus we're on a dorm anyway, so we have Wi-Fi. So it's not like we're going to have an issue with like trying to connect to the internet 
or have access to the internet. So that's my take. I will probably end up taking classes there still. So it'll be a little different, especially since they reduced um, the meal plan since we're not going to be on campus for the whole 16 weeks. So, but yeah, that's at least my take on it. Obviously it's dependent on what the people do and how well the Corona cases do, whether they go up or down. So, But yeah, so other than that, I mean, that's at least, I hope, our, obviously my hope is that we're able to go to every meet. And the big question next would be conference since that's going to have, if I remember, is it 10 or 11 teams? But regardless, like all in one setting. So it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with that. Mm-hmm, for sure, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Because I've heard three theories in general so far. The first is it's like virtual, so you do it at your own pool with like judges or whatever, and you like do your own times and you submit them in, kind of like what some of the country clubs in Kansas City are doing right now. Or B, it's more as normal per usual, and we all just go and obviously just take safety precautions and all that. Or the third option is they don't have conference at all. So we'll see what happens with that. And even with the season, the rumor about only having stuff second semester. So it's kind of all dependent, I guess, right now. So I hope we have a whole season and it's like both semesters because that's kind of like part of the experience is like going through the grind of like the whole six month ordeal. So. Yeah, definitely. Cause yeah, that kind of suck, especially call it like, cause this is actually a decently sized freshman class. I think what we have five or six people. So for at least to have them like experience that. So that way when it's the next year, it's not kind of almost brand new to them. They have a lot more meets to prepare and there's a lot more time to like train and get the right things in. Cause obviously this year, especially is going to be an important year because it's supposed to be an Olympic year. We'll see if it ends up happening still, but it's an Olympic year. So obviously people are going to be trying to do that, especially international students trying to get their Olympic cuts so they can represent their countries back home and go to Tokyo. So It'll be interesting to see because hopefully – because I don't know, especially Carl talked about that they already had the Olympic team set for this past year, but I don't know if they're going to, like, reset it or not. But that's his take on it. And obviously, Serena, they haven't figured out theirs yet, but they're opened up again, so they're doing all that stuff. But unfortunately, because my address is American, I can't do any Europe traveling. So it's whatever. But, yeah, that's that's kind of honestly really it. So – Thank you guys for coming on the show. It's really nice to have some new informative opinions as well, besides just mine. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having us, Mike. I really enjoyed Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It was great. Yeah, so I'm glad you guys kind of had – it's nice to get other opinions just besides mine because when I've been doing other stuff like this, it's been just usually me. So it's nice to have – especially with you, Hannah, having your medical experience on there and then Stephen having your St. Louis like experience in there to like be able to like get two cents about – the whole thing so we could put the whole puzzle together so absolutely yeah for sure yeah all right so with that said i'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap up and so thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode and i will see you all next saturday